All right. Yosef, you're on the podcast. What's up, buddy? Oh, it feels great to be back. I know. Incredible. It's been too long. What? It's been a week? It, whatever it is, it's been too long because outside of... Yeah, it's, I just wish I was on every, every half hour. Well, you don't have to convince me. Outside of this, I talk to nobody ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's basically this and part of the problem, and that's it. That's the the entire duration of me talking to other people in the week. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, you know what, if you look at it like from a percentage standpoint, I actually get paid pretty well when I, when I choose to talk. I'm not, I'm not doing any conversations for free. That's bullshit. That's for other people. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. It's either a sales call or I'm on a podcast or, you know, I'm not talking. Which by the way, Mr. Mr. Feldstein, that happens to be the perfect, perfect lead in to our, uh, to our first news story. Oh, we're jumping right in. We're jumping right in because you. you I, I, yeah, we we need to get this to this ASAP. This is a pressing need to talk about this news story. I I I just I just need to talk about it. So lay it on us, Mr. Bring Feldstein. The bring the uh, you, you know what we're doing. You bring the listeners up to speed. You, you're good with the intros. No. I'm good with the. No, the I, I I feel like since this is your story, you should you should cue us in on it. I don't know, like, the full details, but basically, human Uber, fucking amazing. I, I, I lose their mind when I brought this up, and it's it sounds a little, uh, let me say human Uber, you don't know if it's, like, human trafficking, you know, Uber drivers, like, bringing you humans, you, you, you don't know, but what it actually is, is basically having, what the fuck? Uber drivers um, do shit for you and go places for you. Am I saying this right? That's a, no. So you understand I, it in the same way. I'll describe it a little bit better. Essentially, it's putting an iPad onto a human person's face so that you can sit down at home and basically <laughs> teleconference yourself to an event. So, like, if there's. If there's a party that you don't want to go to, so instead of going to the party, they put this helmet on where the front of it's an iPad, it's your face on there, so you can sit at home, be at your computer, and this guy can go to the party and interact as if you are there. It's human Uber. It's Uber for you. And my big question is, if you hire human Uber to like go to a social function for you, you know, can you direct them to like just stand in the corner drink and not talk to anyone? <laughs> exactly. That's the you get to control this human it's amazing and also what i don't understand well is are they able to like see past the ipad on their face well they must be able to because otherwise how are you going to walk around and see but i was thinking that as well are there like are there like cut out holes in the in the top of the ipad like what no (laughs) or is this guy just going to be like walking around like not being able to see anything and I, you, like, have to say, oh, turn right, turn right, like, then it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, no, no, I think, uh, I don't think it's like a video game in that regard where you can just walk the guy into a wall and <laughs> be like, turn <laughs> t- turn around quickly and he takes out a waiter with, like, a soup or something. Um, no, I, I would I would assume that it's like a two-way camera, so, like, they're looking at a screen of what's being, what's right in front of them. You know, like, Ooh. like when you're in a backup. Oh, that's great. When you're, like, backing so up your have- car. It's kind of like the like uh, 
um, you're able to kind of, you are, in a sense, able to see right past. Like, it's, it's like, uh, it's attached to the front, so the person who's there for you is able to go about their business in a normal way, just having a fucking iPad attached to their forehead that's now, the only thing that's not normal that's that <laughs> I love it. that's gotta be the worst job in the entire world and the oh, first it's it's definitely up there well the, it, it's like it's so demeaning to this person like i feel like even just regular uber drivers like yeah some of them like you know they make make good on it like but uh it's already pretty down there on the totem pole of jobs, I guess. Yeah, no. And you add this aspect of having to do shit for people and go places for them, like, not just drive them places, like, actually interact as them, that just brings it up to a whole new level. No, I agree. It's I, I've had jobs where... Um, this is, it's very dehumanizing. Like, cause you can't even, like, even when you do shitty jobs, you get to be yourself and you get to like interact with the people next to you and be funny or silly. Or sometimes if you're an yeah, Uber driver, you, you get to customize it. Yeah. You get to customize it. This, you literally have you to, make it your own. you yeah. have to stand there, not talk and just like it, be a human surrogate. It's fucking weird. Um, now it's he, so weird. Um, speaking, I, I actually, ooh. I'll try to um, think of this at the end because I think we can still discuss this. Um, but let's table uh, bad jobs. Just remind me about that later because I have one that I want to talk about. Well, it's just great, uh, uh, no. This is this is a good spot for it. Now? Yeah, just throw it out right. there, buddy. This this week I was at the grocery store. It's a a, a very uh, common occurrence these days with me. So one of my most tr- frequented places um sadly enough but um there was a person at the grocery store doing a job that i had never thought about being a job but clearly is a job and i saw it in action and i was like oh my god this is this is like the lowest level of of job and it was a person working for the grocery store with a grocery cart, collecting all the stuff off the shelves that didn't belong in those places. So, you know, like, if you're in a grocery store... Yeah, and, and, you, just, and you just... I do that all the just, time. You, yeah, you decide, I'm such like, an oh, asshole about that. that. And, you, and you just, put, you just put, put it in, like, a random spot. There are people that collect them. I felt so bad it made me want to, like... Oh man, I wanna. Next time I need to, you know, like not need something, I want to put it back in its rightful spot. But I know that that will never happen. Well, that's why that guy's hired. Um, because people like us just fucking like just, are, are assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Three quarters of the items I pick up in a grocery store, by the time I get to the aisle, I decide I didn't need. <laughs> yeah, but like it was just like. I, and like they were picking, and then like I was like seeing, I was like following them behind, behind them, like seeing what was going on. I'm like, oh my god, there's just like a fucking loaf of bread sitting in the Mexican food section, you know? Like it's like, who are these heathens? You know, putting all these things out that they have to take them back to their rightful spot. But yeah, that was another, you know. Yeah, that that is a that is. To, it's one. To, 
it's one thing to be a cashier. It's another thing to be collecting the mis- people being assholes and <laughs> the misplaced <laughs> items. Yeah. yeah, unless the misplaced items thing could be fun if like you're an OCD kind of person, so your entire life is like putting the grocery store back together, you know, oh, just making sure great, everything's perfect. That's a great take on that. Like it could be like the perfect. It could be even people not even working. It could just be people getting their like OCD fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, like, you can come. Could, it could have been like non-employees. It could have just been random people. Like, oh, I, you know. I need to get this out. Like, I'm going to go to the grocery store and yeah. make sure everything's in the right spot. Like, I was, I was driving. I take, take Robbie. I was driving my wife fucking crazy. So, you know what? I'm just going to go to the grocery store. I'll volunteer for an hour. <laughs> um, okay. So, back, back to the human Uber thing. So, I was also thinking, yeah. this happens to me very often. Um, well, I got to I, I gotta say, I think Jewish, like, social functions... And eating is a lot different from 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 the goyim, and that I think us Jews um, hound food a little bit more than I, I think goyim are a little bit more relaxed with food. But if you ever go to a Jewish function, they got what they call I, I think non Jews they have smorgasbords. Do they call it the same thing? Yeah. What do they call it? Maybe cocktail hour. Cocktail hour. Okay. I think I think smorgasbord is pretty common so I, I, if you've never been to like a wedding or bar mitzvah or that kind of shit it's basically like an all-you-can-eat buffet they call it the smorgasbord they got all like the carving stations all these different areas for food and when you first i would, I would never want to send a, a surrogate human uber no to one of those things. no of course not but what i'm getting at is one of those things like when you first get to one of those smorgasbords you want to hit all like for the first like 10 minutes that you're there you're not a human being you want to hit a couple different stations you want to eat those couple things that you like then you settle into the one station that really hit the spot you have it on your plate you go get a drink and then you'll interact with people as a human being and there's nothing worse than when like people who you don't even like that much are almost playing defense for the food and they start trying to start casual conversation that you don't want to have and you haven't gotten your food Food fixing yet? You know what I'm? Do you understand what I'm describing here? Uh, yes, I definitely understand that, Robbie. Of course, I understand that shit. Like, like that, you, is, that is a very uh, real scenario for me. You're two steps away from the carving station. They took out the fresh, the hot pastrami, like the the steak, the this. They're gonna make that fresh cut. There's no line there. You're about to step over, and then some person you don't even like go. So, how's the job going? And you're like, that's not even a conversation you want to have if you were full. Absolutely. All right. You, so you now almost wanna, you almost want to you almost want to say like, um, just just talk to me while I I get my fucking corned beef and and start eating it. Like it should be like a known thing. Like if you're heading to a carving station, maybe there should be like, no. You, know, like you you continue with with them like. Whatever. How's this? How's this for a policy? No talking at the smorgasbord. Like, there's a separate room that you're that you then take your food to and you talk. Yes, that's very. Uh, that's very like Larry David. Like, there's no talking in the smorgasbord room. We're we're trying to eat in here. <laughs> so. Anyways, what I was thinking is how horrible that moment would be if you're if you're getting defended 
from the smorgasbord by not even a human being, but a surrogate human being, like just the Uber guy. Like he's not even there oh, at God. the party and he's keeping you from enjoying the party. That like, that's unfuck, you know. But then what I was thinking the move would be, like even if it's like your own grandmother and like she was too sick to come, so she sent the Uber surrogate, you're about to grab the food and the Uber surrogate comes up. You're like, oh, grandmother, there's a glitch. I can't see you. I'll, I'll have to circle back, you know. <laughs> you just pretend like it's not working. <laughs> you kind of like duck under the the Uber guy. Yeah. All right. Did you have any? Did you have any? Uh, any other thoughts on the Uber thing? Um. I think we we covered that shit. All right. So I want to get into uh, Steve Wynn. He's the most recent person to uh, face some allegations for you know creepy sexual behavior. And before we start this topic, I want to remind our listeners or whoever might find this at any point in time. These are jokes. Like, don't be confused by my persona on part of the problem. I don't have any real political opinions. I I, I just pretend to be Dave's friend on that show. This is run your mouth. We we don't stand by anything we say over here. You in agreement, Mr. Feldstein? Yeah, don't take anything I say seriously. No, it's all nonsense. Even what what you don't think is nonsense is certifiably nonsense. (laughs) And if you bought into it, that's your own fault. So, moving forward... Um, so Steve Wynn, he gets in trouble for acting like a creep. And so the first thing that happens is, um, a bunch of people complain. They go to the Republicans. They go, Hey, this guy gave you all this money. You should give back the money. And I'm thinking if you want to punish a guy, do you really want to give him back money? What, what were they demanding? They were demanding that they return all like the donations that, that, that he made. And it's like, that's the punishment that you're going to give the guy back his own money. That's not a punishment. That's what they were. They were saying like, he should get the money back? No, they were That's saying ridiculous. they were saying that the Republicans, I guess to like shun him, should give back his donated money, the, like all the money that he's donated to the party. Uh, what assholes. Bunch of you assholes. Say, if, they, if they said like, oh, you should donate it to charity or some shit like that. Right. That's something else. Right, but why would you give it back to him? Yeah. Then he could... He's, he's got plenty of it. Yeah, that guy's got so much money. So, firstly is, I want to say that of everyone who's gotten, like, um, a claim against them thus far, he has had the best response. I'm going to read his response. So, we find ourselves in a world where people can make allegations, regardless of the truth, and a person is left with the choice of weathering insulting publicity or engaging in multi-year lawsuits. It is deplorable for anyone to find themselves in this situation. And I agree 100%. I want to. I, so that we've we've got into this point. So I, I will. I, I'm going to elaborate on that. Before I ever followed politics, before I ever got interested in any of this stuff, I was once working at a restaurant, and the guy who worked at that restaurant told me this story that he had owned his own restaurant at one point in time. And the news published, and by the way, this story could be not true. Maybe he had a rat infested restaurant and this is just the story made up. But the story he told Mm -hmm. me was that he had a restaurant and the newspaper claimed that there was a shooting at his restaurant and the shooting never took place at his restaurant. But as a result of that one news story, like his restaurant, no one ever came there again because they thought it was like a violent place. And like they just, they just falsely reported on the story and they never made a retraction. They never have to pay the guy or here's another example that I saw in my own life. Did they do, did they do that? Like, did someone have, like... I think it was, they, like, I think it was a next door... Like, like a rival restaurant? 
No, it was like a next door club that the, this already, I remember the guy told me this like four or five years ago, so I don't even, but I think it like, there was a shooting at like a next door club and they literally just uh, misreported it. And that, that was the end of his business according to him. But then the, the other, the only right. reason I believed him in this is, and I'm not going to say the guy's name, um, but you know, this individual as well. We used to know a doctor, um, wealthy guy, well-respected in the community. News story came out that he was like, um, doing something inappropriate with kids online. Um, that basically ended his medical career. It ended his ever showing up to synagogue or being a part of the community again. A year later, I remember reading a news story that the charges were dropped, and I don't even think his medical license ended up being revoked. So in other words, whatever story they initially published was not nearly as inflammatory as anything that this guy was doing, but that one news story was not a courtroom, was not a court case, and it ruined his life. Um, if we're talking about the same guy, is is that really true that I, nothing ever came with that? From from what I remember, a year later, I remember, I, maybe I'm wrong on this as well, but I remember reading a news story a year later that um, there was... I think, I think he just had a really good lawyer. Could be. Could be, but then, but then, uh, then there's something seriously wrong with our court system that, oh, like, sure. that the that's, that's the, a no-brainer. That the no, but the, like one of these two things are flawed. Either the court system's completely corrupt; that people are committing heinous crimes, are getting out, or, or getting away with murder. In which case, you can make the argument we do need this press that's going to come out and shame people and you know impose the punishments that the court system is not. Or we have a court system that functions, you know, maybe somewhat properly, and we have a newspaper that's out of whack. But these two things are definitely not in conjunction right now, and to me, that's like disparaging, or it's it, it's um, it's not a good way for society to operate. Oh yeah, it's 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 like if you can get off from something so heinous in such an easy way, like then then something's messed up with how things work like that. Right. So, or if you didn't do it, like then, then you should be able to get the get back to your. I don't know. I guess. Or- I guess what I'm saying is one of these two things are in the wrong, and so it needs to be corrected. So if the thing that's in the wrong is that the court system's so flawed that people who are engaging in all this criminal behavior are getting away with criminal behavior, so then the newspaper has done an incredible job of telling us, hey, our court system is failing, we have to fix our court system. But like, I don't think the newspaper's job should be to be like the judge or the court system or to, sh- you, you understand what I'm saying? Like the newspaper, the oh, news yeah. story here should almost shift to, hey, we got to fix our court system because look at all these things that like aren't, you, you, like as opposed to, hey, here's a new person that we can shame. Which is kind of like the, the, the what what seems to be the approach now. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Is like something I guess needs to change on on that regard. Yeah. So I, I don't I, think anything's happening anytime soon. Yeah. So on that note, I, I guess the two newspaper or personal stories I it might not have been the best proof, but it's food for thought. Um, really interesting book that I once read was this book called. Uh, it's by this author John Ronson. It's called "So You've Been Publicly Shamed." And it was actually written like two or three years ago when um, there were just kind of like some shame cases on the internet that like ruined people's careers. Uh, and it's amazing how much that's transitioned from just being kind of an internet inst- like Twitter thing to now being like a mainstream newspaper thing. Uh, but one of the things, and he didn't say this directly, but one of the things that I took from it that I thought was really interesting is that I think there's this human, there's this human quality that we all want to think that we could be great. 
So sometimes I think what we like to do, it's kind of like this lottery culture thing where we like to take up some random individual who isn't that talented, you know, isn't that incredible, but then we all tag on to it like, wow, this guy is the most talented person in the world. We give them like a million Instagram followers, a million, like everyone just ta- like piles onto it. And then on this, and then we got like we kind of have this thought in our head of like, oh, any one of us could be found at any second. Like even I have that. Like oh, if just enough people saw the Rob's Newsroom, I could be the next John Stewart. It's like we, we all kind of have this idea in our brain. It's like if with just the right exposure, any of us can be amazing. There's nothing incredible about those people. It's just the luck of the system of if they get the proper exposure. And then I, I think on the flip side of that, once people are kind of on top. We love nothing more than to tear them down to be able to say, hey, you're no better than us. Those people up there, they're exactly like us. And so in that way, it's like we kind of get to pretend like we're all the same and it's like an equal playing field and any of us could be amazing. Wow, that's quite the take, Robbie. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. We're going to call it an episode. No. Now, I want to I dig into some of the dirty details of this wind fellow. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Okay, so first is, um, Mr. Th- this is uh, lines, I-, I think, from a Jerd article, but Mr. Wynn is a regular on his casino floors, known for a keen attention to details and what employees say is a temper that can flare when they fall short. Now, he's got an angry-looking face. I can only imagine what that guy's like mad. <laughs> he, he, he does have a weathered uh, type persona, but... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that guy angry. His right? face to me, by the way, he basically looks like if you took a uh, Cosmo Kramer and turned him into one of those wooden Indians. <laughs> That's a pretty good call, right? All right. Yeah. So here, here's the next thing that they were saying about him. So some said that the feeling was heightened at times by the presence in a confined office space of one or more of his German shepherds trained to respond to commands in German. That's that's like some Mr. Burns creepy shit. What the fuck? Like he would have a meeting with you in his office and like he would just have scary dogs there. God almighty. All right. So I guess it, like I guess like in a sense like that's you know you, you like don't get to the top of the game without doing some weird shit like that. I, 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 yeah, I guess that's Vegas. You know, top of the game in Vegas. What do you expect of the guy uh, other than to have yeah, some, yeah. You have to get outside of the box a little, and he, he really, uh, don't drive that. Right. Just, uh, why don't you come up to my meeting, my, uh, come up to my office for a nice little meeting. I'll pour you a cup of coffee. You know, it's my office. There's nothing to feel threatened about. Oh, have you met my trained German shepherds over here? <laughs> yeah, just, uh, don't, don't worry about them. Don't worry. I talk to them in German. <laughs> okay. <laughs> only, only the most ple- the most peaceful of languages. What could possibly get you concerned by that? All right. So, the next thing he was accused of was deliberately exposing his junk by wearing tiny shorts at work. The old, the old OGs oh, are my balls showing trick. What is going on with this guy? Yeah. So, firstly, I feel, I, I feel like I feel like the. Uh... These talk uh, charges are the least of this guy's uh, issues. Oh, no, no. It's going to get increasingly worse as we go. But for starters, I kind of want to know how high these shorts were and how long his nuts are. (laughs) Give me a a ratio. Yeah, exactly. Give me where where they cross. (laughs) Yeah, like where where between like the the waist and the kneecap are we talking about here? (laughs) And like... 
here's the other thing. I, this is kind of a hack joke, but like at some point, you know, it, it's like that's almost like a, that's male cleavage right there. Like this is what we got to go through when we go to work and you're, you're flopping your tits all over the place, making us either feel uncomfortable or super horny. Like I know what these <laughs> ladies are up to. You see, it's not pleasant in a workspace. Yeah. Now, here's my last thought on this. How nice can your nuts be that you think showing them off is going to get you laid? <laughs> like I, you have to be a special, special type of person. Like I understand, or, or, or insanely rich, like that guy is. Like I, I, I like, understand having an, a fantastic dick and thinking like this thing's long enough it will close the deal. Like I get how that would work. Like you're just unlikable as a human being. Nothing's working, but you have this unbelievable cock. And so like when all else fails, you just kind of flop that on the table like as a hail mary. I get that, but nuts, not like we're we're in, we're in nuts gonna work. You know. All right, that's enough on that. Enough on Steve Wynn's floppy old nuts. Um, and the thing, the thing is, I feel like it all comes back to like where he probably was just told yes, and like have such like agreement with whatever he kind of went with that it just jades your whole sense of what is right. Like that he's like, you know, like that's some nice nuts. Like someone's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you got a really nice nuts. Like that's a fine set of nuts. You got some really killer balls, dude. And then it just makes him, you know, go to town on, on that thought. You mean just because the money he has, like, uh, other people were yes-manning his nuts? Or, like, he oh, just thinks, sure. oh, no, okay. No. Just yes, oh, both, with both. Yes-manning him, like, uh, you know, on, on just normal stuff. And then also, like, he probably looked out his nuts and, like, what do you think my nuts are? Oh, oh, those are great boss, you know? <laughs> you mean like, like if he went to get a suit tailored, it's probably the tailor's fault who was like, you know, just kept complimenting his nuts a whole bunch. Yeah, I agree. It's the fault of whoever was uh, telling him he had great nuts. Okay, here's the next thing that he did that was creepy. So a, manic- a manicurist from a Win Las Vegas salon says she showed up for a private appointment in his office in 2005 where the billionaire told her to take off her clothes and demanded that they have sex. Now I read that and I think that's got to be a secretary mix-up. That's got to be <laughs> that's got to be where he told the secretary for a prostitute and she just booked the wrong person. <laughs> because who would book a manicurist and then just demand sex? Like that doesn't even make sense. So, okay. She said no. This is according to the article. She said no, but he eventually pressured her into it, which makes me think, now this guy can fucking negotiate. Like, forget Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, when they say he eventually pressured her into it, I'm pretty sure that just means he offered her enough money that she said yes. Would you agree? Yeah, he just bumped up the... uh you know, like check amount. Yeah. Okay. Like he had a check out there. He said fifty thousand. She said no. He said seventy five thousand. She said no. And you know, the yes came after a hundred thousand. Right. And and listen, lady, there are people in Japan working as human Ubers for twelve bucks an hour. So you know, what's what's human dignity really worth here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I might I might have my news stories um, messed up here. Like this this might be from um, this case or the next case of another masseuse that he was going after. But she later filed a complaint with Human Resources and Win paid her a seven point five million dollar settlement. Now, oh boy. 
How? That's, that's big time. How is that not shut the fuck up, money? Yeah, like you you call it a day after that. How do you not? How do you write that paycheck and then still have a news story like this haunt you in the newspaper later? Like, how is that not the dollar figure that someone just goes, "All right, like that he, he paid me enough money." Like how you know what I mean? Yeah, that that's on you. That's on you now. Like, lady, how much money do you realistically need to make in this day and age to act like a complete and total asshole? Like, how are we going to inspire the next round of kids to go out and try and be billionaires if you can't uh, uh, pay someone off for seven point five million bucks? Right. All right. Oh boy. That's what a, a world. <laughs> that's a lot. Okay. So here's here's the next one with the massage therapist. So one former massage therapist at the Wynn Las Vegas Spa said that several years ago when Mr. Wynn was um uh sorry, when Mr. Wynn was booking multiple appointments a week with her in the private massage room in his office suit, he would continuously uh, by the way, I got to stop there for a second. That's how wealthy this guy is. He has a private massage room in his office. Okay. So <laughs> he no, would that, I don't think that takes much. I feel like that could be the, you know, uh, even the mid-level um, CEO accomplished. Yeah. Are massages that, like, like that are massages that regular for wealthy people? Like if you're a wealthy person, I, do you? I believe so. It like, like you could still kind of do, especially if you had it in your office, you could actually like get some work done while it's happening. You mean like you, you can know, be like, you can be a real douche and like tell invite people in to like just tell you their meeting points that you need to listen to and just get a massage yeah, while it's going even, on? Yeah, or even have like an assistant like just hold whatever papers, you know, at the bottom of the massage table or something like that, like so that like you could, you know, read up on whatever needs to be read up read up on. Man, these, these people are productive as shit. Um Yeah. <laughs> all they right. have to be. There's not enough hours in the day, so be able to get massages and and get work done okay so he would continuously continually adjust a towel to expose himself then at one session she said he threw it off and said just get this thing off of me she said he wouldn't let her use a towel to cover his genitals after that contrary to state licensing resolutions and also began rubbing her leg while she massaged him now here's my million dollar question oh here wait and then here's one more at the end of the hour-long massage oh no, no no okay Let's pause there for one second. How is it that these billionaires can't get better access just to like whores and delinquency? You know what I mean? Like someone needs to just offer up like a better, like someone needs to be like the, um, like the delinquency shaman for billionaires to just help them stay out of trouble. Or even just like tell them what's acceptable or not acceptable because they have these like wacky like views of what is allowed or not allowed. It's like if you just, like, come to me, whatever this shit is that you need to get out of your system, there's a price tag, and if you just pay up front, it's going to be cheaper in the long run. It's like, you have enough money, you can afford this shit. You can have 12 hookers who are coming to your office, you can probably, by the way, for that $7.5 million settlement, he could, like, prearrange for, like, the hookers to be, like, single STD tech. You understand, like, the level of prostitute you could have in your life for that kind of a price tag? Yeah. I mean, I don't really know prostitute economics that well, but I just assume that you could probably do pretty well for that price. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so at the end of each hour-long massage session, she she said he handed her $1,000 cash. All right? But now, here comes the kicker. You ready for this? 
which was the same amount as before the sexual activity began. Now, to me, what makes that a funny complaint is that she's basically saying she's upset that she wasn't actually paid for the sex. <laughs> you understand how weird of a thing that is to put into the newspaper? Like, like, I, I, I <laughs> okay, I think you get it. All right. I got it. Now, here comes, here comes the craziest part. The woman said she told Mr. Wynn at a later session she was uncomfortable with his request and then he stopped asking for massages from her. Now, how evil is this guy that all you had to do was say no and then he stopped? Who say that again? How evil can a guy be is if all you had to do was say no and then he stopped? <laughs> I see that he's the one controlling that shit. Yeah. Now, uh, be fair. That might. I, I might have. There. There might have been. Uh. Maybe he. Maybe he pushed the request a little bit more, and I just pulled the one line from the article. That's a possibility. Okay. Now here's the last thing on on Win. Um, at the hotel spas, at the hotel spa, workers hid in the bathroom to avoid being the subject of his sexual advances. Former workers claim. Now, here's my question for you: the judge, jury, the executioner, Mister Yosef. How does something this rampant? go unreported like her jobs that scarce in las vegas that if you're a spa worker at the Wynn hotel someone asks you like how's your job and you're like oh you know it's okay uh i get paid pretty well we do casual fridays and every once in a while i gotta hide in the bathroom so the boss doesn't rape me (laughs) like are are jobs that scarce do we live in a third world country that if like that people are actually willing to deal for years on end with like a bot like that something about that seems like if it was that flagrant it's suspect to me that people just continue to tolerate it or you're being paid well enough like you know what i mean something just doesn't add up about that but if if there's a perk of possibly getting a 7.5 million dollar payout at risk. Oh, you think that they're hanging around hoping that he pushes the line far enough that they can yes. come back and sue him, and that's the game they're playing? I, that, I would. Well, I would, would too, but I have no dignity. Of course, of course <laughs> <you> <laughs> Alright, maybe maybe it could be. Alright, that's all I got to say on when everyone can pass their own judgments. Just to recap, if there are any creeps in the world, it's a good thing that we're getting rid of them. Uh, I don't know that the newspaper seems to be the best place to do it, so either we need to correct the newspapers or we gotta correct the uh, our justice system. Lucky for us, that's not our job, so we get to just try and poke some jokes at it. Alright, next topic. Unless, do you have anything else on that, buddy? Oh, no, I'm good. All right. So we're moving on to Donald Trump. And here's the first thing that happened last week is um, the White House made a request from the Guggenheim Museum that they wanted a couple of paintings to be loaned to the White House. The Guggenheim refused. And instead, they offered to loan Trump this golden toilet exhibit that they had. Have you heard about this golden toilet, Mr. Feldstein? No, tell me about the golden toilet. Tell oh, right I'll, up his alley. I'll tell you about the golden toilet. Yeah, it matches his hair color. No. So the golden toilet is they built, I don't think it's made from real gold, but it looks like a, it's a toilet. It looks like it's gold and it's actually in a room and you can go and use the toilet and that's the exhibit. So it's like a single bathroom with a golden toilet art exhibit and if you want, you can go take a shit in it. That's the exhibit. You ready? Now, last week I pitched you a man on the street sketch. I got a new one for you. I'm thinking this would be a hilarious prank. You go there with a friend, not with a friend, whatever it is, but you prearrange. You get someone who goes in there who clearly is in there long enough to like take a shit. He comes out and then security's standing there and they're like, dude, did you actually take a shit in there? That's a museum exhibit. 
Like you didn't seriously just take a dump in there. That's that that was that's a fine piece of art. I mean, <laughs> you were supposed to be so that you could just take a shit on the Mona Lisa. You piece of shit, motherfucker. That was supposed to be so you, you could go in there. You could take a look. That was the whole gag of this thing. No one was actually supposed to use that toilet. <laughs> you could really fuck with somebody. All right, so. Um, <laughs> or they, or like they go in there with like people in the hazmat suits, like right behind you, like and they they start being like this guy took a shit in there. All right. Um. So Trump has a new immigration plan. One point eight million dreamers that he wants to create a pathway for citizenship for, and I think the media must have so gotten to Trump that he's created a new negotiating strategy, which is what do I need to do so that people will like me? Like, for all of his hard talk of being this great negotiator, he could basically rewrite the art of the deal and put out a new book, How to Fold on Everything You Run For, The Story of Zero Integrity in Politics. Because to me, the fact that he's folded on this issue is unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's that's what he's all about, though. He's very transparent in that also. Like, he really does very much just do things to uh, add a little, add a want for people to like him. Yeah, but his his base that got him in were the people that he got up every single time and said, I'm going to build a wall, which I guess he is trying to still build the wall, but it seems to me like he's really kind of folded on immigration in general, um, which it, it, to me, that's like the ultimate, not that I even necessarily agreed with this agenda, but... I, I do, in theory, I spoke about this on part of the problem, it's kind of repeating myself here, in theory, we want to have representative democracy, where people can overturn the system and say, hey, this issue is so important, we're going to elect someone for this specific reason, and if that person then gets into office and doesn't follow through on the things he promised, then like, it might as well be a dictatorship, we don't have any control over what's going on in government. Well, it's still a work in progress, not that I'm advocating for it, but like, a lot of the things that even, you know, he said and promised, like, it can't really be enacted and put into place, like, so quickly. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so just to kind of rant on this real quick, um, and I'd say this based on David Stockman's book, um, The Great Deformation, and he said this from Milton Friedman that a lot of our economic policies are based on, but part of what um, Milton Friedman, when he advocated for, um, I think, like some sort of like public services, such as like Social Security, medical care, med- like that kind of shit, he said that once you have that, you kind of can't have immigration. So I think part of the problem with immigration is that since we offer social goods, like you can't just have open borders because then that's new people kind of claiming other people's tax dollars. So for if you if you don't have social benefits, like I'm all for open borders. I've said this before. Human beings are a form of capital. I think if we just had an open border to Mexico, those people would flood in as cheap labor for us. We'd find jobs for them. You'd create new industry. And all of a sudden in Mexico, they'd kind of have to reform what they were doing because otherwise they would essentially have no people that they rule over that pay taxes. Ultimately, the people on top, they need people to pay taxes in order for them to have a constituency. Um, so open borders, in my opinion, are a good thing. However, if you're offering up public goods, you can't have them. It's just, it's a one or the other kind of equation. So here's what's really scary to me. I'm going to paint the worst picture of this, but here I ran some of the numbers as much as my math skills would allow for me, but 1.8 million, that's the number of dreamers, right? 
that are that are uh-huh. that are going to be giving a pathway to c- citizenship. Now, from what I understand from a from a Pew poll that was at least of the eight hundred thousand, but I'm going to assume it's true of the one point eight, is that sixteen percent of those people live in Texas. So you end up you have two hundred and eighty eight thousand dreamers who could be given citizenship who are living in Texas. Now, of those two hundred eighty eight thousand. 70% of Latin American people actually choose to vote in elections. So essentially, you have 200,000 potential eligible voters because of this one program with a pathway to citizenship. So you still with me here? I got it, yeah. Uh, okay. Now, if you look at the last election, the Trump-Clinton gap in Texas, like the amount of votes that Trump beat Clinton by, is 807,000. So based on this one policy alone, you're closing 20% of that gap. Yeah. Okay, so now you might... doesn't change anything, but... No, so you might look at that and go, hey, it's 10 years before they're citizens, and it's only 20% of the gap, but then on the flip side of that, this is only one program, so how many other different demographic changes could be happening in Texas to help, you know, that might be helping the Democrats over the next 10 years... And then if you look at the fact that if just Texas were to become like California and become a permanently, you know, like like a Democrat state every single time, you would never have like a you would either never have a Republican becoming president or you would never have a Republican with any similar values to what they, you know, even today's values are bullshit because they don't really care about fiscal being fiscally conservative at all. But that's kind of like the that's kind of like the horror picture of why this is potentially um, you know, I, unfair to, I guess, people who have lived here for a long time that want their votes to mean something. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not, uh, overly concerned about something like that. Yeah, I no, know that you're... No, no, like, should, like I said, it's actually... No, like I said, those numbers are actually not as damn. Like it's not that. That's not like, hey, we close a hundred percent of the gap tomorrow. So it's not the most damning numbers. But just to kind of paint the picture of what the potential numbers look like, and I, right. I, you know what I mean. Like, and by the way, there are probably other things that would need to be factored in, like what other programs exist to kind of create citizenship. How many of those people are ending up in Texas? There's more. There's more math to do, and there are people significantly smarter with more ability to see you know, a project done from beginning to end than I am who could probably do it. But that's uh, mm-hmm. just bringing it to the awareness of our listeners. Um, and, and like I said, I'm just throwing my math here. What the fuck do I know of math? Right. All right. That's all I got for this week. You got anything else, buddy? No. All right. We both get through our sicknesses. I hope we get through our sicknesses and that Steve Wynn can uh, continue to live a good life with his billions of dollars. Oh yeah. Is he gonna and get taken down? Confused. I don't. I don't know what happened. What? I don't know what happened in the rest of the week after the first news stories broke about it. I just. I don't know. I. I didn't hear any updates other than uh, I didn't even hear all the the dirty details until just now when you uh, told them over. I almost think if you're him, the second the story comes out on you. You got to invest like a lot of your money into the next story breaking on the next guy really quickly and having that be so juicy that people just forget about your bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like you just got to get the next guy thrown under the bus so fast. No one, no one fucking remembers. All right. Good episode. Thanks for calling in. We're going to call it here.